Welcome to the Manager Track, the leadership podcast where we help ambitious managers across the ranks become confident and competent leaders people love to work for. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw. This episode is called How to Eliminate Distractions. And the reason why I wanted to record this episode right now is because a couple of weeks ago, we decided on fairly short notice that we would fly out to Switzerland to spend the summer over here. This is where I grew up. This is where my family lives and where I have a lot of dear friends as well. And because my husband wasn't able to join us for work reasons, I'm here with my three kids and I have to manage work and family at the same time. I'm telling you all this because the topic of distractions all of a sudden became really important again. It was already important with kids at home and doing work, but this is taking it to another level. In order to make this work, it meant that I had to say no to a few things that I had planned to do or wanted to do in July. And it also means that I have to be very careful and attentive on how I spend my time. When I wake up in the morning and I have one hour to work, that needs to be the most productive hour possible. I don't have time to get distracted. I don't have time to do work that is not important or not urgent. And I have to knock out the big rocks and get the big things moving, such as recording this podcast. And I know I'm not the only one dealing with this. Whether you have family at home, you're taking care of kids or not, we are all constantly tempted to be distracted, especially when working from home. So I bet that this topic is equally relevant for you as it is for me. So let's talk about what the problem is with distractions. Well, this is probably not new to you, but multitasking makes us about 50% slower. Plus, when we get interrupted, even if that's only for a couple of seconds, it takes us between 15 and 23 minutes, depending on the study, to regain full focus. So the cost of distractions is super high, yet we all allow ourselves to be distracted. And I did a lot of work around time management. I do trainings for companies, for individuals on time management. But there was one book that shifted my perspective and shifted the way I approached any time management training. And that book is called Indistractable and it's written by Nir Eyal. I will link to it in the show notes because it's an amazing read. But in essence, what Nir Eyal is saying is that time management is pain management. And gosh, since I've read this book, I see it everywhere. Every time that I am tempted to be distracted, you know, that moment when you think, oh, what's going on on Instagram? Oh, you know what? I needed to order this thing on Amazon. Oh, what's the weather tomorrow? Or how many new Corona cases do we have today? All those little things that pop in your mind when you're actually supposed to be doing deep work and you're in the middle of something, those little things, those little thoughts pop up and you're allowing yourself to be distracted because you're trying to get rid of some kind of discomfort. So pay attention today. When you're writing an extensive email or report or you're trying to solve a problem or whatever it is that you're doing, The moment that you have this thought that you could be doing something else 
or walk to the fridge to get some food, it's usually because there was a second of discomfort right before. There was a moment when you didn't know how to start that next sentence or there was a hard question that you didn't quite know the answer to and there was a moment of discomfort and your brain wanted to get rid of the discomfort. It wanted to manage that pain and found something else to escape to, right? So you're managing your pain by going somewhere else. Now, I think it's great to notice and understand why it happens. And literally every time I'm tempted to be distracted, it's exactly for that reason. And I can identify it and pinpoint it and I can tell my brain, no, hold on a second. We don't need to escape this discomfort. It's totally okay. Let's delay that other comforting thing that I wanted to do by just a few minutes. And This is exactly the solution that Nir Ayal proposes, that you're stopping yourself in that moment, you're recognizing what's going on, and you tell your brain to hold on, eat just a few minutes so that you can stay with what you're doing, and usually within a few minutes, 5-10 minutes, you have overcome the discomfort, and there's no more need to be distracted. That concept is a game changer for me and I hope you find this super valuable as well. Now, don't worry, we're going to get deeper into the topic of distractions as well, but I wanted to share that up front. Number one, why are distractions such a big issue, especially working from home, whether you're fully aware of it or not, and why it even happens in the first place. Now, I think there are two types of distractions if we break it down. The first type of distractions are things that you do that are not necessary. So it's about choosing what to do and what not to do. And a lot of this has to do with saying no. Your ability or inability to say no to things that are outside of your swim lane or that are less urgent, less important than other things that you have on your to-do list. The second type of distraction is about being distracted by things that you actually need to do. So actual real work, such as getting quick questions on Slack and emails and so forth. Let's tackle each one separately. So the first one was about being distracted by the unnecessary work, the things that you just add on to your to-do list because you're having a hard time saying no, possibly because you want to prove yourself or you fear and worry about being disliked because you would say no. If that's something you're struggling with, I highly encourage you to look at all the things on your to-do list. Maybe right now, pull it up, look at it. Identify the things that you said yes to, but they're not actually the things that you should be focused on. And if you're worried about your workload, because we know since March, average working hours per employee have gone up in addition to everything else that we're dealing with. So if you're reaching a point where you feel, oh my God, I can't do this anymore, or I'm about to burn out, or I'm super tired, this is where you need to start. Even if it feels uncomfortable, or even if you worry that someone else may not like you, which usually doesn't happen, or because you feel like you might miss out on a promotion. Look, if you're not able to create sustainable productivity, you're not ready for that next position because your next position will require more of you. And if you're already burned out and stressed out now, you're not able to create the buffer and create habits and patterns that will serve you in that next role. So you learn that now so that you're ready for that next role. 
And when I say healthy patterns, that does mean that you have to say no to certain things and you have to get comfortable saying no. So what I usually teach is the yes, no, yes framework. And that is what I call the graceful no. It basically means that if someone makes a request, be this by email or they call you or just simply you're having a conversation, someone asks, you first acknowledge the fact that they ask you, you acknowledge that you feel honored, that they thought of you, that you would love to help or that this idea is great or this new project is great. Something affirmative and something positive. That's the first yes. Then comes your no and you're being crystal clear without ambiguity ambiguity of not now maybe later that just opens the door for further conversation you want to be crystal clear and say because of my existing commitments unfortunately I cannot accept this or unfortunately I cannot participate period and that was a crystal clear no that leaves no room for further negotiation right and then the last yes is when you'd say but I do know someone else who might be able to help or here's a resource that could be a great first start or what I can do instead is I can participate in a kickoff. I can be a sparing partner, you know, in four weeks for an hour or two if you want to present what you've gathered so far or I'd be happy to proofread your slides or whatever that is, but something that you can do. Maybe a resource, maybe an introduction, maybe a smaller responsibility that you could take on. That is the graceful yes, no, yes framework. So that tackles the unnecessary work, right? The things that you actually don't want to have in your to-do list and you know you shouldn't, but there's something that holds you back from saying no or you already said yes to it, but you should go back and renegotiate, postpone or tell them, listen, it's too much. I can't do this, but I'm going to help you find an alternative solution. So this is you making the choices that are best for you so that you can create sustainable productivity that's healthy for you and makes your work better. There's really no more arguing about the importance of breaks and good sleep and healthy habits for sustainable productivity. Research is crystal clear here. And you might be a unicorn, an exception, but for the vast majority, if you're overcommitted, overstressed, and therefore distracted by things that are outside of what we should be focused on, or when things distract us from doing the most important work, we're more stressed, we make more errors, our emotions run high, and it impairs our relationships and overall performance. As a leader, you really cannot afford this. I'm going to stop on this, but you probably figured out that I feel passionate about this topic. The second type of distractions are all the things that you need to do as part of your responsibility, but those things just happen at all times and they're usually urgent and distract you from doing the big important work that you should be doing. Those things are typically emails or the quick questions. And especially for those of you who have collaboration tools such as Slack, that it can be another source of distractions. So remember, when, we're, when a notification comes in that says, hey, new email or new Slack message, and we're trying to do something that's hard, this is immediately managing our pain of doing the thing that's hard or takes a lot of our brain power. And there's this little quick notification over here that can distract us from this pain or discomfort that we're feeling in the hard work. And of course, our attention goes to this other thing. It also releases dopamine, which is basically the happy chemical. 
So I bet that you've noticed before that when you've got a Slack message and you're able to answer it, there's something that feels good about it. You go back to your work and you have a little rush of dopamine. It's because it triggered a hormone. And so you want to keep doing this over and again because it gives your body a positive reaction. But it is killing your productivity. So what to do instead? Make sure that you turn off notifications. Like don't let the banner come in that says new email in your inbox. When you're doing deep work, turn off Slack notifications. It's like removing the chocolate from your eyesight, right? If I had a chocolate bar on my table all day long, yeah, I'd be craving chocolate all day long and I'd probably eat that whole thing in an hour, but I have to remove it out of my eyesight. So remove email notifications, turn off Slack notifications whenever you need to do deep work, which should be several hours a day. Another tip that I recommend is that when you notice your team keeps asking those quick questions, the QQ, quick questions, a lot. And the moment they have a question, the first thing that they do is to ping you, message you, call you, slack you, whatever that is. Before they ask anyone else, before they do any further deep thinking on their own, and before they Google. If you were on vacation and you were on a remote island, they'd probably figure it out. But because they know you're available and they know that you will answer, the simplest and fastest route to get to an answer is to ping you. So you've trained people to ping you and to distract you. And that has to stop. So a a simple way to do this, when a question comes in, you don't give the answer back. You say, hey, can this wait for our one-on-one? Maybe they say, no, it's urgent. Okay, can you put this in an email? And I'll get to it later tonight when I check my emails. Or can we schedule a meeting to address it? If the answer to those questions is a no, then it's probably urgent and important enough for you to answer it right away. But if they can either wait to bring this up in your next one-on-one, or they can put it in an email, or they can schedule a separate meeting so that you have 100% attention on the problem and are able to solve it with them, then you're training them to find other solutions first before pinging you and distracting you from your work. Now, this will take a couple of weeks for your team to adapt as well. But if this is a challenge that you have, this is an approach worth experimenting with. So I mentioned email. So let's talk about email for a moment. We're all getting flooded with emails. Sometimes they're directed to us. Sometimes those are mass emails. Sometimes we're CC'd. Sometimes we're BCC'd. And many of the emails that we're getting, we don't actually need to act on. So when I look at my emails, I use a 4D framework. 4D stand for delegate. Is this something that I need to delegate? So my Should my VA take care of this? Delegate. For you, it might be, can someone on my team handle this request? Should I delay it? Second D, delay. I put this in a folder, actually flag it in Gmail with an exclamation mark, but move it out of my inbox. I see on the right side, all the things that are flagged. I know they're important and I have to respond, but I can delay it. The third D is delete. So anything where I don't need to act on, it was maybe an FYI, or it's not even relevant to me at all, immediately delete it. And then the fourth D is do it. So those are the things that take a few seconds, are urgent, are important, I can't delegate, and I can't delay, I just 
gotta do it. I've already read it and it's best to just tackle it right then and there versus to close it, move on, and then later in the day having to read it all over again or the next day having to read it all over again. There are a lot of people who read emails multiple times and it's definitely not helping your productivity. So delegate, can you delegate it? Can you delete it? Can you delay it? or just do it. That's the 4D model and how I approach my emails and how I personally feel I'm very productive with my emails and I've helped many of my clients implement the same system to help them manage emails better. And I bet you're not hearing this for the first time, but unless your main job responsibility is to answer emails that come into a shared or your inbox, I highly encourage you not to check your emails more than three times a day usually early in the morning to check what came in overnight, again after lunch and again at the end of the day is plenty. And if you have people that you work with who are expecting quicker turnarounds, simply give them a heads up and say like, hey, look, I'm working on my productivity. I'm trying to reduce distractions. One of those distractions, as we know, is email. And so I'm trying to get better with my email management, which means I will check my email only three times a day. I want to give you a heads up in case there's something really urgent. Please call me or please send me a text message or whatever other tools that you use and find appropriate. But that way they're not surprised and you don't have to worry about them expecting a response when an email comes in. It's all about being explicit and transparent with what you're doing and why you're doing it. The same goes for your team members, right? Let your team members know ahead of time how to reach you in urgent situations, when to use email or when to use Slack, Um, and when to call. It makes it so much easier for you and it will make it so much easier for your team members as well. Now, of course, I feel the urge to go into the topic of prioritization and how to plan out your month and your weeks and your days. But that is an episode on its own because there's a lot that goes into it. What I wanted to encourage you in this episode was to look at how you're being distracted, to look at when you're being distracted, why you're being distracted, and then give you a few tools to help you mitigate distractions. Because during this current time, there's a lot going on with news alerts and we're working at home. Distraction is a key challenge and poor time management can lead to burnout and overwhelm, which are two things that are incredibly important to monitor right now for you, but also for everyone on your team. And here's a quick fun fact to close up this episode from the book Indistractable. In this book, Nir Ayal shares something with readers that I had to highlight. There was a hospital that noticed a lot of errors in pill management, meaning when they would bring patients uh, pills, the nurses made errors. And they went back to look at the root cause of the problem. In most cases, it happened because the nurse was distracted. So what they did is they introduced these indistractable vests, which is basically a vest that the nurse would put on when the nurse started preparing and distributing pills to patients, right? What the vest signaled to everyone else is that this person is not to be distracted by all means. You have a question, you ask someone else. You want to chat, you find someone else, but you do not talk to the person who is carrying the vest, That hospital saw an 88% reduction in errors after they introduced the the indistractable vest. So if you want to get better at your job, yes, invest in yourself, learn, practice your, your skills in, 
But also remember to reduce distractions, which is one of the number one causes for errors. And I know you're listening to this podcast because you're ambitious and you want to go far fast. And so I know that reducing errors is something that you care about. And I want to leave you with that final tip, but just to give you another kick in the butt to do something about distractions, figure out where do they happen for you and find ways to eliminate distractions in your workday. If you found this helpful and you know someone else who benefit from hearing this, please do share the episode along. And if you like the Manager Track podcast, it would really mean the world to me if you left a review on iTunes or if you just tapped on the five stars. Reviews mean a ton. It helps us get visibility for more people to hear this type of information so that more leaders become aware of what makes great leadership and great relationships in organizations for a better and healthier workplace. Thank you so very much and I'll talk to you next week. If you love this show, then you'll love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.